So I think they should come up with a Sniper's Hide video game. Of, I need a map. So you do need an app. I heard apps cost a lot of money. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do an app. I think, but a video game. A video game, dude. I don't It'll know. Be Frank like, running through the jungle with his M16. It can be Frank doing whatever. <laughs> I think. Chunk, chunk, chunk. There's there's people that probably listen to this podcast. I know there's at least one that works for Microsoft. So if if he knows some developers, maybe he could do like a sniper, like a real sniper video game, not like when the guys are online, they got to be like butter 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 chink, butter 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 chink, when it jams. So, so yeah, no, I think a, a sniper game would be cool. You know, they have like elite sniper. A lot of people don't know this about me. My friends do, of course, but I'm a huge video gamer. I do too. Do you? You know what my name on on um PlayStation is? Freddy's Ascot. Oh God, PlayStation, dude! Freddy's Ascot. So when you when you were killed by me, it says you were killed by Freddy's Ascot. <laughs> I've had my milkshake drinking. Yeah. I'm an Xbox guy. See, All this right. is again. See? We're, we're, we're not going to agree. I'm PlayStation. He's <laughs> Xbox. I like the I like the rifles only, um, the bolt action Call of Duty pages, like servers. Mm-hmm. I do the World War II and Battlefield, but the ones where you can't do like the, the, the crazy cheats and shit, and you have to do only the bolt action rifles and stuff. Right. You get grenades, but not a lot. I've been stuck on... Uh, Wildlands. Wildlands? Yeah, I Ghost, played Ghost that. Recon Wildlands. I haven't played in oh, a while. Dude, there is nothing better than just destroying a, a Bolivian cartel and <laughs> running free in a country where you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. It's like Grand Theft Auto of the tactical world. You, you know who's freaking insanely the, the, the biggest killer on any of these video games I've ever seen? My girl, Kim. She... She wears them out the game. She, I, I, I've only done that once. She gets Medal <laughs> of Honor every time she plays, like the Ghost Recons and this stuff, because like for one chapter will take her like four hours because she's completely methodical, and the and the AI bad guys get bored because she's not around, and then they get shot in the head by her because it <laughs> takes so long for her to get anywhere. Like you and I would run through it and right. play it really quick. Right. Where she was, she she's methodical. Takes she, her time. Yeah, she, like she's doing like that one foot directly in front of the other, heel toe, heel toe <laughs> the entire time. She's, Don't forget to roll your feet, Kim. Yeah, she's pieing her corners. <laughs> yes, she's pieing her corner every corner, even trees. And then she's basically the AIs are falling asleep, and then she goes in and kills them all. But she is the ultimate. She now she doesn't do as well multiplayer. Well, of course not. Yeah, single player. There's no such thing as team in multiplayer. Yeah. Single player, she destroys every video game out there. That's awesome. Last time we talked, uh, we were at Shot Show. Yeah. And then you've done a couple podcasts since, and I've been trying to keep up too. There's a lot of technical information going on. Um, <clears throat> just my story for the last few days, or for the last week, anyways, is. Uh, being with the team at Mile High shooting and um, getting the truck unloaded, getting the guns back back to you know functioning condition because yep. you have to alter them, um, and then taking care of sales orders and taking care of customers in the meantime, you know, because our business doesn't stop during shot show. No, everybody's back here working. So, yeah, so when you come back, you come back to you know at least a week's worth of work. So now you're doing two or three weeks worth of work. Trying to jam it into one week, right? And uh, and luckily we have the team that we do at Mile High, where everybody's professional, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing, and they get the job done. And that's uh, that's a huge deal, and that's why I love what I do, and that's why I love where I work. So. That's why I stayed out of there. I know you guys are busy. I appreciate that because it didn't stop the tech stuff. No, no. <laughs> well, but you can answer those at your leisure, right? No, that's that's what I like about texting. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't that big a deal, but yeah, I, there was some questions that came up and we'll answer some of these other questions. People were asking stuff about low budget equipment, like primary arm scopes, and people were asking some different stuff like that, but you got a bunch of things you want to discuss, so let's kind of jump into this. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Everyday Sniper, Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's High. You can kind of hear my daughter giggling in the background. This is a Saturday episode. Uh, we both had some time off. She today got her headset on with her iPad. So yeah, she she said, you got to be quiet, baby. You got to be quiet. You know, when Frank and Mike, or when Frank and Daddy are on the radio, you know what I'm talking about? She nods her head. I'm like, you know who Frank is? She points at Frank. So that that voice is is very recognizable to her. So uh, she's going to have a, a good time growing up with us. But I'm, I appreciate everybody. Um, I got one admin thing to get out of the way, too. 
I posted the six five guys videos on Sniper's High. Oh, very cool. So the six five guys did a whole bunch of videos for me. Uh, I knew shot was going to be busy, so I kind of worked with the six five guys, Ed and Steve, and they do a great job covering shot show. So what I did is um, I got access to all their videos, and we worked out a little partnership. Uh, even you guys at Mile High are, are there. They did an interview with me, like a 20-minute interview with me. That was a good one. I did see you posted that one. I started watching it, and other the, things um, came up. But all the they hit zero-concept optics, Nikon. A lot of people are asking about that Nikon Zero stuff. compromise? Zero compromise, yeah, concept. Zero compromise. Um, yeah. Which we're going to be carrying as soon as they release that thing. We'll have that at Mile High Shooting. That is a phenomenal scope. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. So I, I got my, my claws on number one. But um, so there's a bunch of videos on Sniper's Hide in the forum from the 6.5 guys. I threw some in the equipment section, some in the scope section that were scope specific, and I threw some in the uh, rifle section, and then we'll mix in some of the rest. But there's really good, the, the average video is about 15 minutes long with these guys from SHOT Show. So if you didn't go to SHOT and you want to figure out what's happening, go, to, go watch the 6.5 guys' videos. Um, Ed and Steve are great. Yeah, and thank you, Ed and Steve. You guys do a phenomenal job of what you guys do. And if you guys aren't paying attention to 6.5 guys, you need to be tuned into that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you're not paying attention to the 6.5 guys, then you need to tune in. Those guys are putting out a lot of good stuff. A lot good, of good reloading good stuff. Good reloading too. stuff. Good equipment reviews on down the line. Let's jump into your, your thoughts and discussion so I can save my voice a bit. <laughs> so we got caliber selection. We talked about rifle setup. We had a couple episodes of that. We want to get you guys a couple new episodes here with caliber selection. And then the next episode, we can talk about rifle selection. We've kind of touched on these things, but I want to talk to you guys about these conversations I have on a daily basis. And a, a conversation that I had with um, Ethan Manning from Manning and Son, he called me up and he asked this question. He's got a YouTube video on it too. Is the 308 dead? I posted about this, what, two, three years ago, you know, retire your 308. They're, they're, it's still the most popular round I see in classes. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are still gravitating to the 308. There is ways to breathe new life into the 308. But the old way of doing business with the 308 is dying. I mean, it may not be dead, but it's definitely dying if you're, if you're, Reverting to some of these old, you know, federal gold medal match 168s. If that's your, your choice, then you're in the dying mode. You need to step up to a minimum of the 175s. Federal now with the burger, 185s in there. That's what it, if you want the 308 to, to, to survive, you, you definitely need to uh, reload for it. Federal has always been good ammo to me. Yeah, really the, good. I mean, that stuff is spot on when... I was shooting 168s out of my AI on my 308 barrel, and there was like an SD of two. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap, the, the why would I load if, right. if I can just buy Federal and be good? The 168, I mean, if you're inside 600 yards and that's all your range has, that's where you want to kind of stick with the 168s and save a little bit of money. But if you're shooting 1,000 yards and you don't want to struggle, and it's not that it falls. I, I love the, the image where it falls out of the sky. It's the <laughs> invisible wall and falls. It's not that much, but it is a struggle. You do see a lot more wind. You do see with the danger space shrinking up, and it's a struggle if you're shooting the wrong bullet with a one a, a, a three hundred eight. It is, and I think that it's it's becoming a lost art. Yeah, it is because everybody's jumping straight into the the faster, sexier rounds with your six fives, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Six mils, um, the three hundred eight is. Everybody has this misconception that 308 is the only ammo that's available, and it's the only ammo that's going to be available for the zombie apocalypse. No. I go to Alaska, <laughs> man. You can get all this stuff. You can get 6mm Creedmoor, 6.5 Creedmoor, in 3-bear everywhere in Alaska. Absolutely. And it's so, only 3 bucks more than down here. Yep. And don't limit yourself to that. So if, if you're thinking about you know going into a Creedmoor caliber, go into a Creedmoor caliber. Right. You don't have to worry about the availability of ammo. Even Lapua jumped on board. And I've watched this for the last couple of years, just as you have, like six, five, like three years ago, everybody was like, oh, what's that? Who cares? And then all of a sudden it was like in everybody's face. 
Lapua is making brass for it. Right. Um, there's factory match ammo from Hornady out there. Everybody, even and the Winchester's we got, good. We we bought into it early, which we got lucky because we at Mile High we have pallets of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to worry. I think we actually have more six and six five than we do three oh eight. To be honest, probably. With you. <clears throat> I mean, just a good example. I did a class a bunch of years ago, and it was right on the the, the changeover with the quick lock of the AI. And these guys had pre-quick lock AIs. So they had pre-13s uh, um, in 308. And they came out from the East Coast to do a class. Remember we had that 8-inch diamond at like 850. It was on the Austin Angus Target yeah. stand. And it was that. It was like an 8-inch diamond. And it was right where the hill was starting to go up. Yeah. It was tough. Well, these guys, I, I brought my AX with me and my, I had the quick lock. And I had a 308 barrel on it, but I had 6.5 barrel in the car. Well, these guys came to class and they were shooting everything great. And they were shooting 168s, 308s, the whole, you know, the whole mantra thing. Got to have my 168 Federal Gold Medal Match, my 308. So they're doing that. That target was kicking their ass. They couldn't hit it. So I said, wait a minute, guys, time out. You've hit everything on my range, but that target. And they probably dumped like 10 rounds each at it and didn't hit it. And this is 308. 308, so 168. everybody coming into this game, once you get outside of 800 yards, you know, regardless of what altitude you are with a 308, regardless of what your bullet weight is, what you're pushing, it becomes a challenge. Right, it's skill now. You have a skill set that you have to do. And the and the funny thing is with these guys, so I go in my car, I break out the AX, I pull out the 6.5 barrel, spin it on, I fired one round at 100 yards. And the next round at the 850 and center punched it. And I gave it to him. I'm like, one at 100, one at 850. Here, now you guys do it. And they wailed that 850-yard target with the 6.5. But you have to learn. You want to learn on that 308 if you still have it. You just can load better for it. The 168 is your your minimum choice. Like I said, a 185 at 2,700. And you can get that with like 2,000 MR with it. 46 grains of 2,000 MR. My 20-inch AX, 185s are going 2,700. And that's not over pressure. Pressure on that would be 48 grains. But it's a better bullet. It's better flying. It's better wind. It's better everything. And, and so, you know, that's why you want to avoid that stuff. So the 168 or the 308 is, is dying. It's, it's dying off. Dead. It's not dead. Yeah. It's, It'll probably never <clears throat> die. And you brought up a, a very good point. Training. I think the 308 is a phenomenal training round. And I say that because there was just this kind of the last end of the last year for about three, four months, I was shooting a 308 and I shot it in match setting as well. And it was, we had, <laughs> man, the low end wind at this match, at our local match at Pawnee with NOCO, was like 30 miles an hour was the low end. Mm-hmm. 48 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, I was remember the high reading, end. I remember seeing that. I didn't go to that one, but I remember seeing you guys posting about it. And I was like, holy smokes. And a lot of people, there was people who left. They were like, no, we're not mm-hmm. shooting in this. And I had a 308, and Adam had a 308. He was shooting a 308 gas gun. Yep. And I was shooting my bolt rifle. And he ended up first with a 308, and I ended up in sixth. Yeah. But what it did for me, it really solidified making the right wind call. It doesn't matter what caliber you have. Right. With a 308, whatever you do, you have to do it perfect because if you don't, that 308 is going to magnify your mistakes by a thousand. We have so much great elevation on a 308. There should be no question what your dope is on a 308, but the wind. You got to figure that wind, man. It's all wind. I mean, we got years of BCs. We got years of data on the 308 out of every imaginable friggin' rifle out there. What you're figuring is wind. And it's it all comes down to knowing that wind. And you shot that match. And I've shot it with a 223. You shot it with a 223. Yep. And we successfully made it halfway up the pack. Yeah. Even though you know, we were ninth. shooting. Yeah. It was 18 mile an hour wind. And we were shooting... You know, way outside the coverage range for a two-two-three in the first place. Yep. But we wanted to have some fun and wanted to test some stuff out. But again, another good training round. So the two-two-three is not dead in precision as well. Mm-hmm. It, it has its place, but you have to. 
I think you, there's more argument for an 80 grain 223 at um at you know 2800 feet per second 2900 feet per second than there is for a 308 168. There's a there's a, a there's much more value to shooting these matches with a 223 that way than there is the 308. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, it comes down to wind call. Wind call. If you can shoot the sexiest round out there, but if you can't call your wind, right. it doesn't matter what you shoot. Oh, well, this gun is capable of quarter, half inch. Well, well are you capable of quarter, half inch? Are in you, the wind. In the wind. In are you capable? We know what you can do at 100. <laughs> right. What can you do in the wind? Yeah. What can you do at two, three, four, out to 1,200? Yeah. In the wind. So that's why I think that the 308 is not dead. Yes, it's dying off. There's still... Um, a huge need for it in law enforcement. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not well, going away. lawyer-wise, you're right. They're, it's they're not going never, away anytime soon. They should do some stuff with that. And and honestly, the heavier bullet for the, the LE guys, the problem with the 168 with the LE people is over penetration. Yes. That's true. And but also, they're not fighting the same distance as we are. Right. But they can go the heavier, and, and instead of doing the trophy-bonded bear claws they do for barrier, they can go and stick with a 185, it's going to be slower and heavier in a lot of ways, but it's going to work better for them. And they'll have that knockdown power they're looking for without over-penetrating. Because we're slowing it down, we're, fit, we're bulking it up, and, and you won't run into a problem of over-penetration as well. If, if you do speed it up a little bit, you'll have your barrier penetration you're getting with that trophy-bonded bear claw. Um, and, we, and we do gel shoots with this stuff. So if you're law enforcement and you're listening to this, call it Mile High. Talk to Juan Lopez, our LE rep. And find out when the next gel shoot is because we bring these Hornady rounds out in 308 and we shoot gel with it. And you can actually see how destructive they really are and when they actually stop inside that gel. Yeah, totally. So you guys definitely need to check that out. And, and, that's, and that's a prevailing, that, that's that institutional incest where they keep repeating 168, 308, 168, 308. And, it, and it's, it, they need to get out of that and understand there's better bullets. Now I understand there's lawyer issues. But if your department, I mean, that's the whole point of doing tests and going and, and saying, we check this stuff. Our results are, we ran it through our lawyer and our department determined X. And then that way you're covered lawyer-wise. You don't have to default to, well, the whole world used the 168 for the last 50 years, so we're going to do it too. That's ah, a bad way of doing business. So if you're behind enemy lines in the People's Republic of California, we understand that you guys can't get semi-autos anymore. I don't know what the deal is with that. If you can buy them, I know we can't ship any out there. So the black now they got a freaking sign for ammo. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The what I'm getting to is the black rifle market is dead out there, and the black rifle market, I think personally, is kind of it's dead. Even though we have our little niche and we talk mostly about precision, there are rifles out there that we'll get into rifle selection in our next episode. But black rifles are, are, are dead as far as business is concerned yeah. right now. So everybody's moving to the bolt rifle stuff. So if you're in California and um, I talked to one of my buddies, Ben, from um, Firearm Supply Company in, in Southern California, and he's got a huge need for 308. And that's why I was saying like 308, is that just now filtering down? People don't know about these other calibers. What is going on? Uh, there's a little, people think it's, if you read Facebook, which, you know, I do for a laugh, it, they think it's a fad. They think 6.5 Creed is a fad. They don't get it, that it's not going anywhere and that it's, it, it's now solidified as a viable caliber that's all over the world, you know, but they do think it's a fad and that's why people will default to 308. And again, it's your, it's the perception you mentioned that it's going to be the only round in the zombie apocalypse. Right. And that's and, and so that's kind of what you're fighting when people are asking for 308. And I don't know. I don't buy ammo in California and I don't know what the you know, what they're selling on the shelves. But if you're a gun dealer and you're in California and you're getting into bolt rifles, one, get with me, Mike at MileHighShooting.com. But get some 6.5 ammo on your shelf and you will be surprised how fast it's going to sell. I mean, it's there's a ton of and like I said, the, between Hornaday, Winchester um, you know, Prime, they can get out there. I think some of them sporting goods can get the Prime from uh, there and, and that stuff. They're, you know, Nosler, all these different guys are making this stuff in its match-grade ammo. And it's, you know, some cases it's cheaper than 308. Just depends. It is, it's, yeah. It's Actually, it's like the Hornady stuff. I've seen it cheaper than the Federal. Yes, Federal's usually in that 30 Yeah, to $30. 30 dollar, yeah, 30 right? to 34 something and like that. Hornaday 65 you can get for 24 to yeah. 26. 
So it's a good deal and it's out there and there's plenty of it. Um, moving into 300 Win Mag. So I was texting my buddy, Jeremy Hall out in California. I love you, Jeremy. We've been really good friends for a very long time. And he's saying, oh, my buddy's getting into shooting and he wants to shoot, you know, I want to shoot precision, but I want to, I want to be able to hunt with it. Right. And so I'm leaning towards the 300 Win Mag. I'm like, why are you leaning towards the 300 Win Mag? So you're going to, I want, I want you to kind of talk about the ballistics concerned with both of them, just kind of the conversation that we had before we started recording. But I also want everybody to understand that if you're going to shoot tactical rifle, field rifle, um, anything where you're target shooting, it is a different game than when you're hunting. Hunting is your lightweight gun that you're right. tracking around in the woods or trekking up and down mountains with. A, a tactical rifle is traditionally a more heavy rifle. Yeah, 15 so, and plus. Er, and everybody's trying to cut weight. I always hear that. Well, I don't want to get the big recoil lug. I want to get the small recoil lug so I can cut a little bit of weight right, off. Right. Well, that's nominal. Dude. You're not going to notice that anyways. But they haven't made that gun that is that is made perfectly for both worlds. So you have to kind of make a decision which direction you're actually leaning into. If you're going to shoot tactical rifle, shoot tactical rifle. Because you can get short action calibers that do the same work as a magnum caliber. Yeah, for sure. Without getting the piss beaten out of you all day long. And they don't shoot enough. Up. Well, 300 Win Mags are flinch factories for people. They, they have a snappy recoil because of that shoulder or the rim there. And the um, it snaps. And, and people... Lynch like they're going out of style with a 300 now that's i call it the alaska deal when i first went to alaska everybody had a 300 wind mag i mean they're shooting dinosaurs up there they're shooting some big stuff they all were showing up with 300 wind mags now they're all showing up with 6.5 ruger rprs because ballistically they have the same thing and they can take their caribous with it and things like that it's not going to affect you know what they're hunting I mean, heck, they, they, they'll they shoot bears with the 308s up there. And out at distance, you'll get just as much energy, not as much as the 300 wind mag at that distance, but you're going to get enough energy where you want to be, where you can hunt pretty much anything. Guys are taking elk with the 6.5s, and, you know, if they're not sure, they're going to PRCs. But you don't have to beat yourself up with the magnums unless you have a specific need for it. Right. If you want a good day of target shooting, I would say a good day is about two to three hundred rounds. And yeah. that's that's an all day kind of deal. If right. you're laying on your belly and practicing, like Adam and I will go out to the range that you're always on on your videos and stuff. We'll go out to that range and you know, we'll set up at like ten o'clock in the morning and we'll be out there until three or four, maybe mm-hmm. even five. We'll shoot 10 rounds, let the gun cool down, go check our targets, spray paint. Or have more than one gun and yeah. swap. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Swap guns, and then we'll go down, spray up the, you know, spray paint the targets, come back so we can see our impacts and figure out what we're doing and what we need to do. Because a lot of the times we're just testing and doping our guns and making mm-hmm. sure that everything's functioning because we're going from, from one altitude to another. You know, when we go to these these matches, right. we're, we're always traveling. Yeah, we're always traveling. We're always doing something, whether we're going up and down in altitude, something is going to change. Mm-hmm. So we once we get back home, we got to get back home dope right. dialed in. And not only that, it's just fun to shoot. But if I was out there shooting a 300 Win Mag all day, two, 300 rounds. That beat you up, man. Yeah. Guys I, wouldn't even so wanna, yeah I wouldn't even want to come to work the next day. Nope. No. I, and I actually like a, a 338 Lapua better. Because I think it's more of a push than the snap recoil-wise. But, you know, you can always go 250s on the 338 and be in that same 300 wind mag recoil zone. And, and just, but yeah, the Magnums are, I'm not a fan, man. I, I'm getting away from all that stuff. Like, I may do a PRC. I'm probably going to have you guys build. I talked to uh, Randy. I talked to Logan about building up a PRC. I just haven't decided on the action yet. That's good right there. I got it on my list, PRC. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in a second. But, um... You don't need the big, big magnums in North America, you know, like right. unless you're going up and like I said, you're in Alaska and you're going to hunt those friggin' dinosaurs and the bears. But yeah, you want a little extra horsepower. Yeah, you want something because you want it down quick and easy, especially you run into the grizzlies and things. But I mean, otherwise, you get away. I mean, the deer, the speed goat, what Adam did, what, 1,154 yards on a speed goat with a 243. Yeah. You know, 
So, I mean, there it's, you go, it's man. doable. It's totally doable. So, speaking of that, that arc. So, we have a 300 Win Mag and we have a 6.5 Creedmoor. If, if you can shoot a 6.5, shoot a 6.5 because you're looking at the same type of arc. Yep. Just a little bit different energy Less wind wise. drift, actually, because that heavy 308 is still going to drift with your 308 numbers. So, you'll, you'll see better uh, wind drift with the 6.5. Especially if you go PRC type, if you're looking at the two, um, you'll you'll knock your wind drift down, but you still have significant wind with a with a 300 wind mag. I have the Ashbury 300 wind mag. I shoot all the time. I shoot out to a mile, the 220s and stuff. It works really good, but I'm still doping the wind like I would a 308. Right. You know, so it's it's it. it I can do everything that I want to do with the six fives and a lighter, less recoil, yada yada, caliber without getting beat up and right. Like right now my shoulder's nuked i've been tens uning my shoulder like three times a day i think i shot my shoulder out i think i broke it in the back so six five versus 260 what's the what's the difference the length overall length and then about 50 feet per second if you hand load okay um i'm a 260 fan my first 260 was done gap did it in 2003 and we did the ghost dancer project we went 260 um, at the time, Savage was discontinuing the 10 FP and 260. I went to Shot Show and asked him if I can buy some for a project on Sniper's High. He sold us five of them for $250 a piece because they were discontinuing <laughs> 260. So we did this big project and we did all this stuff and we, we had all these things done around Savage and all that. And so I've been playing with 260. Since that 2001 was when we did the Ghost Dancer. 2003 is when I had Gap do a sniper's hide rifle in 260. I shoot more 260s than 6.5 Creedmoor, but they're identical. Other than if you hand load it, you can get that extra 50 feet. And the problem with 260 was guys would load them long because they're doing a 140 or 142 or something long. And they put it in the mag and it may not fit mag length. So there's you know, strike one. Right. And if you're using uh, chassis magazines, there's also that bar in the front. Right. You got to pull that out. Yeah. So that's strike one. They couldn't load them. That's why you, that's why the 6547 came into being before the Creed because mag length. Number two, what would happen is you go to competition and guys were doing 260. Terry Cross, when he used to win all the freaking Snipers High Cups back in the day, was shooting 260. Mm -hmm. When nobody realized that, when everybody else was shooting 308. It was a good secret back then. Yes. Well, then what happens is guys started doing 260s. They chamber around. They run out of time. They go to pull the round out because the clock's off and the bullet stays in and it gets stuck and it would dump powder. (laughs) So now they're hitting rods and they're doing all this stuff. So what happened was enter 6.5 Creedmoor because we had uh, Rob Warman and Tony Gemelli were shooting all these matches for Team Hornaday. They were the first ones to show up with 6.5 Creed. Nobody else. I poop. I'm like, dude, stupid. I, I actually beat him on the tower with a 308. We said, let's go to the tower right now. One round at the thousand yard. Let's see who does it. I worked there and lived there. I right. lived in a trailer on the range. Of course, I got a first round. Hit. Yeah, of course, you have the unfair advantage, but that's yeah. the only advantage that you really want anyway. Exactly. I'm not playing fair. But the, the Creed is a little shorter, okay? And you, you lose about, not quite 50, it's more 25 feet per second. But it's that little bit shorter, so it works mag length. It doesn't get stuck in your, your, your chamber and things like that. To me, the 47 is even lesser than the Creedmoor. And now you're 25 feet per second slower than that. So it's definitely 50 feet per slower on a 6547 versus a 260. The Creedmoor is in the middle, then your 6547. Where that shines, and I know you'll get into it, is 647. Yeah. You want to go 647, 65 Creed, 260. That's kind of your progression because if you're going to do 6 millimeter, that 647 is very efficient, very good, and works out well for people. And I think that's where you see that caliber shine. So I used to tell people when like 65 was initially coming out and there was no brass for it anywhere mm-hmm. it, i was like hey if you're gonna shoot you know a, a six five or a 6.5 millimeter bullet and you're gonna load for it go with 260 yep 
because the grass is readily available, the rounds are yeah, out there. Yeah, the you, know, you had a lot of the, stuff. Everything is out there, and it's been around forever. Yeah. So just if you're going to load, load that. But if you're going to buy, buy 6.5. You buy 6.5. And now guys are loading 6.5, so there's really – I can't like – It's the it, same. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's really overall length in, in what I look at. Well, it. I've seen them try to drag that round out a little bit further, and now it's not fitting in magazines. Right. Yeah, there's so, that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're loading your ammo – Make sure you do that overall length and check that against whatever magazines you're using because Magpul's got their chassis mags out, you know, at half the price of a metal mag, but guys are having trouble getting those six fives into those chassis mags. Yeah. I, I think rather than load long, you, you can go 139, like especially with Creedmoor, go a little lighter bullet, go 139 and down versus the 140s and up. I know guys are starting to throw 147s and getting halfway decent velocity with the 147s, but I'd go the other way with a 6.5. Now, if I was doing 260, I'd go 147 and things like that. But I'd go the other direction like we talked about in those early podcasts about lighter. Um, the thing with the 6.5 Creedmoor is, like um, Jim Gilliland, him and uh, Missy Gilliland were shooting 6.5 Creed with Ashbury. Well, they came out for the Sniper Side Cup uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Missy came out... Uh, uh, day after Jim. So she came out that night. Like he got there the night before, like on Wednesday night and he doped everything on Thursday. She showed up Thursday night. She had the custom ammo. He grabbed boxes off the shelf to make sure everything was good. So if you're traveling, you know you can get a 6.5 Creedmoor box off the shelf. Absolutely. And 260 is going to be harder to find. And 6547 is. is going to be near impossible. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. Guys. That that's what you have to load. Right. You know, Lapua makes a 6547, which is is great. Yeah, it's a good round. And you can buy it off the shelf. It's just not as common. No, I get it from you guys. I buy it and it's expensive. A, a box of 50 is $115. Yep. It is expensive. It, How long can you use that brass though if you're going right. to reload it? Well, that's if you go light, if you push it, if you go with a lighter bullet and don't push it as hard, you can load a lot of times with the Lapua brass. But now, like I said, there's Lapua brass. The downside with Creedmoor's Lapua brass is the guys who don't have the small firing pins. Yes, so the small primer well, pockets. So where is our consideration? Mag length, chamber length, <laughs> uh, firing pin size, primer, you know, bullet caliber. Where when you look at all these decisions you have to make, you really have to analyze your equipment. You can't just say, Mike said get a Creedmoor, I'm getting a Creedmoor. Well, okay, if you're going to reload and you want Lapua and you got the small firing pin or a primer pin or a pocket there and your firing pin is larger, yeah, These are questions that you have to ask yourself. You when have you're, to know it. When you're getting into this sport, you have to decide on caliber and you can't – Frank has mentioned it plenty of times. Someone's going to tell you this and someone's going to tell you this and I read this online and I read one post on this – uh, forum or right. whatever, you know, on down the line. And you're, you're coming to us with this question of, well, or statement of this is what I need to do because so-and-so said I should. I, I get, I get that. I get way too many frigging questions every day. People asking me what my favorite color is. Right. It's like, dude, why am I telling you what my favorite color? It's a secret. It's fucking mauve. <laughs> no, I, you know what I mean? I don't want you to know I'm wearing pink underwear, but the thing is, why are you asking Frank his favorite color? Am I the same size as you? Am I doing the same thing as you? Well, maybe in a certain degree, it's better to ask me, A, B, here's what works. Here's what I like. What are you looking at in, in your decision and why you're making the decision? Give me details. Because honestly, every single day, and they ask Mike, they're calling Mike up and asking Mike to make a buying decision for him. He's going to sell you uh, $5,000 worth of equipment and you want to know his buying decision, well, you should be asking Mike, what's the smarter choice for you? Right. Let's analyze this for a second. Yeah. But I want to throw another, I'm going to throw another wrench in the gears and I don't have it on my list here, but it, this is a huge concern for guys who, you know, are, are the everyday shooter. They, they go out and they shoot every single day versus the guys who shoot once every six months or just kind of like, I'm just getting into it. I don't know if I want to go full blown barrel life between the two. Yeah. So now you have to make another decision. So your 308 is going to last you what? 9,000 rounds. Yeah. 10,000. 10,000 rounds. I've gone 12,000. I've actually gone more, but 12,000 on, on, on a Brout, a Brout and I had, I usually kill them about 10,000. So there's, I would, 
I would say they're very easy on your barrel. Very easy. Six five. It's about three thousand. Three thousand. I mean, depending on how you push it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, I say on on that end, three thousand. You're lucky, and you're being nice to them. Yeah. You know, if you start pushing it real hard, I've seen barrels go on paper. Two sixty six five is saying about five, but the average guy's getting about three. Mm-hmm. And if they push it harder, some of them are even killing them at twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred is. Kind of like the medium I see all the time. They're yeah. like, oh, barrel's done, 2,500, whatever. It starts doing fishy things. You're not really trusting it. And all of a sudden, you got a new barrel. Right. So you have to make that decision too. How many times do you want to spend $850 to get a new barrel? Barrel, chambered up and you know, Chambered up, threaded, painted, all that stuff. How many times do you want to do that this year? How many times do you want to do it every three six years? Six millimeters, 18. Yeah. So you're pushing those six mils. So we, we've talked a lot about the six five. So What's popular right now? 6.5 crude more, mm-hmm. 6 millimeter crude more, a lot of 6 dashers out there. Dasher, the da- 6XC. 6XC. It's a good one to pick. It's a good, efficient round. 6BR, 6BRX. Yeah. And I'm starting to see some 6BR. I think it's BRA. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, the, the I ordered a John Hancock rifle from uh, Josh Koontz at shop. It's 6BR because I have cases of 6BR. That Savage, <laughs> that was the 260. When it was done, I gave it a gap and I had him pull the the, the savage uh, barrel nut off and redo it completely. It's a single shot six br. So now your sixes. So with these, now you're going the opposite direction. So before we just talked about how we couldn't get the round into the magazine. Mm-hmm. Now you got to find a magazine kit to fit, fit it. <laughs> that fits. Fit, yeah, that fits your that fits your round that you choose. So again, a lot of research is going into this. So you have to make that conscious decision. Nucleus, push feed, bighorn, push feed. You need those to work with these. HRD is coming out with with, uh, their magazine kit too. And it all looks good, but you have to make sure you have to test that feeding. So that goes into that rifle selection, which we're going to get into in the next episode. But these are the things that are out there. And these are the considerations. Barrel length, chamber length, mag length. You know, velocity that you want to go for, all these different things, man. You got to really look at all this stuff. You got to look at that stuff, especially if you're looking at a custom rifle. Yeah. So your custom rifle, you you can build out whatever spec and you can you can call me up and say, hey, Mike, I want my 6.5 to fit perfectly with these bullets. These are the only bullets. This is my load. This is my chamber. This is everything that I've done the math on and this is how I want it set up. And then you you send me a few dummy rounds and we make it so that that mm-hmm. gun only shoots that. That's fine. I got bit with that. Just uh, the Ruger. Um, LRI did the barrel and they chambered it to the 140A Max. Guess what? 140A Max is gone. The LD now. So I have to redo everything because it was only meant for that one caliber. I mean, the other one shot good. They didn't shoot as great as that Amax did. But then the Amax gets retired. And, and LRI is long range, long rifles, long Inc. rifles, Inc. Sorry. Um, long rifles, Inc. Is kind of like the cornerstone when it comes to the RPR stuff. Yeah. I go to Logan now, man. Logan and I have him make him. He has better, your reamer. You guys have both sets of reamers for a Sammy or a match. And I'll have Logan do a lot of mine just straight up Sammy so I can put anything in there. And Logan's our ninja that's on the CNC yeah. machine. That guy is turning out barrels and he's. Perfectly executing everything right. that he does, and I'm finding I'm, I get a better variety. I get a better accuracy out of more more selection by going to, um, to Mile High and going to Logan and just having Logan spin stuff up for me. I, I I'm not going out of out of Erie anymore like I used to for barrels. I mean, I, I used to get my AI, or I still do, but I get my AIs from Mile High. I used to go to Gap. And as soon as I got mm-hmm. one from AI, I'd pull off the factory barrel and George would make spin me up barrels that I needed. Now I go to Logan because they came out of George's shop anyway. Yeah. So um, it, it, it's, it makes life easier. Not that I have any, any like, I tell people with George, he doesn't need me to promote him anymore. <laughs> so you said 6.5 PRC. Yeah. I'm gonna what do. is a 6.5 PRC? It was the precursor to the 6.5 SOM 4S. Uh, they didn't have brass back then. When George was conceiving the 6.5 SOM with Hornaday and stuff, it was always going to be a PRC. They just had to sort the brass out. Well, Hornaday finally got the brass going. And, um, and, and so 
What it is, is it's that sort of magnum 6-5 that bridges the gap between a psalm and a short action. And they're having such great luck with it. It's a good, efficient cartridge. It's factory supported by Hornaday. And it, it it's sort of getting rid of your 300 win mags, I guess, is a way to do it. It's, it replaces your... your you know, six five fifty five. Sure. That, but it's it's doing that. Um, there's so a, now here's another decision that we have to make yeah. while we're choosing our caliber is that a six five PRC is going to use a Magnum bolt face. Mm -hmm. So now you have a short action uh, receiver mm -hmm. with a Magnum bolt face. with a Magnum bolt face, and the guys at uh, Bighorn yeah. are doing right. are doing their swap bolt head deal, and and that's working out really well. So if you're looking for a custom gun, again, we got like. We got at least 40 of these actions coming in, the TL3s. That so. was the simple answer talking to him. When I talked to Randy, Logan, and all those guys about doing a PRC, the easy answer was get a, a Bighorn TL3. Yeah, it's the easiest way to do it, and it's a phenomenal action. Right. right. So, uh, so there's that was the easy. Now, I may, I may want to go Gucci and go in another direction with something else, but the no-brainer call is the, is the Bighorn. It is, and we're getting them to fit in Accuracy International rifles too, so that's not a problem. No, that makes life easy. Yeah, it does, because I mean, it, that is a true multi-caliber rifle, so why not use every single caliber available? Right. As, as if we can make the barrel. Oh yeah, Somebody, guess who's guess who's got a reamer for it? Oh, who got one? You guys. Yeah, we got one. And, and, and the funny thing is, somebody's actually submitting a sniper rifle to the Army off a of Bighorn. I don't know who, but I heard that a, a company, like a little a little small shop, is using a Bighorn for the Army submission, which is kind of funny. But, hey, it works because it's switch caliber for them. Yep, and I think I know who it is. I'm not going to say who it is, but I think I know who it is. And okay. you're doing good work out there, dude. We appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, why not, you know? So now it's time. You have to make this decision. You have to decide, are you going to hunt? Are you going to target shoot? Are you going to field shoot? There isn't a gun out there that clears rooms and shoots 1,200 yards efficiently. So you have to choose what you're going to do, or at least lean in one direction. It's it's That's a big question. People think there's a magic solution to scope, rifle, caliber, and there really isn't. I mean, yeah. none, none of us are shooting one rifle. Yeah, and you have to, and if you're going to load for it, yeah. You got to go out and get all the stuff to load for it. Yep. So what's your investment going to be into something that if you're a recreational shooter and you do it every now and then, or you just like to take your buddies out and do some cool stuff, or if you're actually doing this and you're making a living off of it. Right. So there's a lot of decisions to be made about caliber selection. Covering the 308, good off the shelf. 6.5, good off the shelf. Yeah. All that other stuff, if you're going to load, you want custom tune, you want custom this and custom that, take the, the stuff that we're saying into consideration so that you're educated when you go to make that decision. Bullet and powder selection, man. We got so many great powders and great bullets now. Like the, the, the people don't realize what me and the 2000 MR, that's a fine dust powder. It's really easy to load. It meters really well. And you put that behind a 308. And like I said, a 20-inch AX with 46 grains of 2,000 MR and behind a 185 Juggernaut, I'm 2,700 feet per second. That's freaking a money zone for a 20-inch 308. Heck yeah. That's, that's, that's... And up here, that's that's 1,000-yard gun. Yeah, that. more so. It's even, I think it's accurate up here to 1,200 or more. It's and that's going to come into your skill set again. We're not yeah, saying not, that you're going to get behind floating, the gun and start shooting. And you're once like, you start I'm going to start at 12 and move yeah. back. Once you start floating them out, man, the wind's everything because it's up there. It's hang, It's still – the trajectory is still hanging high in the air and you still got to play with the wind that's, you know, 15, 20 feet above. And but it's, it's still a butter zone for a 308. Oh, absolutely. And you talked about a little bit about Kestrels in, in one of the previous episodes and – I just want to touch on something that always get, it kind of gets under my skin. And I know you guys are going to call me at work and you're going to, I, I have a guy that calls me every now and then. He's like, uh, do you have any lasers? And I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. Who is this? <laughs> but we got with, high with technology Kestrel. here, yeah, man. With we Kestrel. High technology. So here's steel claws. Here's my take on a Kestrel. Lasers at night. I <laughs> 
We need to get that theme song rolling. Yeah, somewhere. but you know what? I looked it up. We'll get in trouble if we use it. Ugh, all right. We'll pass on that then. Um, Kestrels. It gives you your wind where you're standing. Yes. Okay. I get it. I understand. And the guys that are like completely against Kestrels, well, it's not giving you wind downrange. Well, yeah, no shit. You're not standing downrange. But it's also not giving you the wind on how high your bullet is actually going before it comes down. Here's, here's your tip on a Kestrel, man. You, you, you got to look at the objects around you. I don't care if it's a flag. I don't care if it's the, the vegetation, the whole thing. But take the Kestrel on a walk with your wife and look at something and go, I think the wind is six miles an hour. Then pull your Kestrel out. Now you're creating a personal database. So you can go and look at the range and you, it's senses, man. It's what you see, what you feel, and what you hear. Okay, You're going to see how it affects everything around you. You're going to feel it on your face and in that, and you're going to hear it in your ear pro. Well, then you're using the Kestrel to validate your guess, and that creates a personal database. Hey, I'm always one mile an hour too fast in estimating the wind. So when I think it's six, it's really five. When I think it's eight, it's really seven. When I think it's 10, it's really nine. This is exactly why I like this sport, because there is... Right. There's I, ha I have not come across somebody who is stupid in this sport like mentally they have to mentally be there yeah. because you're doing science it's you're doing math, math. Right. Yeah. and you're you're taking a scientific wild ass guess or like we call it we'd like to call mm -hmm. it a swag you're taking a swag and you're going okay here's what i think it's doing and now what's your margin of error at 1200 yards right you know how many feet do you have to take I, this I and put it target. into inches? I mill the target and I say, okay, that target's 0.75 wide. That's my error factor, 0.5 a wind. I have to make a swing at least 0.5 a wind, giving me that quarter a little bit on each side. So it's 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 0.12 on one side, 0.12 on the other. And I'm looking at target width. And then I'm looking at the wind and saying, okay. And this is all ha like, this is happening Frank, in, in, in seconds. This is happening in Frank's head while he's sitting behind a gun. Going, okay, I need to make a decision. And yep. then three seconds later, he's sending a round downrange. As soon as I get out of my car, I'm looking at the wind. All right. I care about is the wind, man. So just a lot of stuff for you guys to process and think about. And we want to get into rifle selection here. We still, uh, I got a little more time with Frank. So we're going to cut this episode off and we're going to move right into the next one. You guys will hear that one. Um, yeah, but I mean, there, there's a lot, like I said, think about you Think about your uses. Think about the setup and what you're going to do with it. Are you going to reload? Are you going to get factory ammo? Are you going to reload your factory brass when you're all done? You know, are you going to do all these things? Are you going to travel where you might run into a situation where, oh, shoot, my ammo didn't show up, you know, because the airline did something stupid. Can you go get ammo? You know, there's all these little things that you have to consider. Your barrel twists. Your barrel lengths, your velocities, your chamber, what cut you are, your magazine, what mag you're going to use. You know, all these different things are determining that caliber selection. Uh, you know, are you going to try to cross over? Is your rifle too heavy for that? Or are you going to have a, a competition tactical rifle in 6.5 Creed and then have a hunting rifle in 6.5 Creed or something that's a bit of a crossover that's shorter? faster you know in in these things the final decision that you have to make here is how much is it going to cost right you? what's, your, what's wherever, your yeah wherever you do business i hope that whoever is guiding you if i have someone call me and they're like i want to buy a 6.5 creed more we'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll move in that direction because you already have your mind made up right. i'm not going to try to change your mind I, i'm not going to sell you something that is a piece of shit i'm going to Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And we're actually have a conversation about it because I care about the shooters. If Frank cares about the shooters and we want you to make an educated decision, but we also want you to come back. Right. So if you're dealing with somebody who's a fly by night place and they're just like, oh yeah, well 308 is, is the best thing in the world. That's a fad. Don't worry. But then yeah. that guy doesn't know what's going on. He's not, a, he's not, he's, he's, he's working a job and he's not an enthusiast like you see with Mike and the guys down there. Right. I actually love what I do. Right. And I want you guys to love it too. This is a growing sport and it's a good time. When when I first got into this, um, 
I, I shot primarily carbines and pistols. I'm a really good pistol shooter. I'm a really good carbine shooter. And I was shooting three gun with those guys up north and doing a lot of that. But I stopped doing that because I was like, you're telling me I can just lay behind this gun and shoot something 1,200 yards away? Yeah. And not really, you know, I don't have to run around and do all this fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have footwork. I don't have to do do around, you know, a box or anything like that. I just lay here and shoot. Right. Yeah. I'm going to focus all my efforts into this because this is awesome. <laughs> this is easy. Right? Yeah, this is awesome. Run, man. So, but it, it, it's, it is, it's a lot of thinking, man. It's weaponized math. It's what that drift and drop is going to be. And you can, and, and a great resource you can use is JBM. If you're not sure what you want to do, run the numbers through JBM. You can go on like Sniper's Hide in the reloading depot section and you can look at, yeah, we can look at the calibers or the, the muzzle velocity guys are getting with the different loads. Cause we got lists of loads there. I do that, dude. I go to Sniper's Hide, the reloading depot. I say, oh, I'm going to shoot this. Let me find a guy with a 123 load. All right, he's doing 43. Okay, he's doing 42. Okay, he's doing 41, 43. How do I do 43? And then I start and I do my load work up and then I pass it off to Andrew McCourt. But I'm going on that reloading depot. You can get the muzzle velocity and say, okay, these guys are averaging 2,800 feet per second with this. Put that into JBM and see what it does compared to something else. And that will help pick the caliber that works for you. You can see your energy. You can see your time of flight. And you can see the, the muzzle velocity that you're getting. And that's important stuff too. So if you decide you want to go the hunting route, you, got you, energy. Need to, you need to know what the energy is at your distance that you're trying to shoot at. Right. You know, because you don't want to injure the animal. You want to drop him. Exactly. So no, just a lot to think about, and we're going to move on to rifle selection now. Thanks, thanks you guys. Seriously, we've had a lot of support and a lot of good comments. Uh, follow us on Facebook. I try to I try to keep up with that as much as possible. I need possible. like 10 more followers, and uh, I'll have my 500. You'll have your 500. I know Frank was really pushing for that, so that's good. Um, we got a lot of good interest on the Podbean app. We got a lot of good downloads. And guys, we're it's, seriously, we're at 10 episodes. We are just getting started. I submitted it to iTunes. It's still under review. I don't know what their delay is, but I've been looking every day. Probably because it says sniper. sniper I'm yeah. sure, but sniper. it's under review for iTunes, but we're coming. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Mike from Mile High Shooting. Frank from Sniper's Hide. Peace out.